Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. Hey, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Dan Panetti, continuing conversation um, about Strange New World. We're on to chapters five and six. Still got uh, Tim and Jonathan with me. Uh, chapter five is called The Revolt of the Masses. Um, and he starts getting into um, is, 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 technology also reinforces the focus on the individual and also upon uh, individual satisfactions. Um, he's he's going to move into this idea um, that now that I've gotten rid of um, objective standards of reality. Now that I've gotten rid of truth, um, what what's the next place that I go? Um, and he's going to talk about um, institutions. He writes this: institutions are no longer authoritative places of formation, but of performance. And so it, it's uh, it's almost like the idea of um, instead of your family um, helping to define who you are. Um, your family, your church, your state, your society becomes a place where you simply express who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, can I tell you, I've, I've seen this, right? I've read about this, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, in, in you, know, uh, you know, the news and things like that, where parents um, will look at their kid and they will be like, um, hey, you know, we're not going to define, you know, Johnny or Susie's, you know, sexuality. We're going to let them uh, be whoever they want to be, right? We're not going to raise them in a particular religious tradition. We're going to let them explore everything and figure out who they want to be. And so it's it's the idea that instead of um, giving guardrails, right, figuring out what's true and then helping your child walk within that truth, it is the um, I'm going to let them explore whatever they want. But the but the, the idea of even exploring whatever you want isn't the exploration to reach the truth. It's simply the exploration of, right? It's not, um, okay, so, what, hey, what's true if we're talking about, you know, sexuality, right? What, what's true about sexuality, mm. right? And, and the weird thing is, is like, you know, we, we COVID kind of brought this out too. Like, hey, we're just going to follow the science, right? And it's like, okay, well, from a biological standpoint, you know, there's male and female, right? Let's just follow the science. It's like, no, no, I'm not going to let a doctor define, right, my gender. And it's like, well, then what are you going to let define your gender? Well, you know, gender is flu. I mean, so it's, it's, a, it's a weird exploration of how we got here, right? On one hand, we just follow the science. On the other hand, science is not going to limit us. And so, you know, it's a, it's a strange conversation as he's walking through here and he's telling you, Right. That's that, you know, sometimes this argument's going to work and then sometimes they got to shift it and change it. So because it's mm-hmm. like, hey, let's just follow the science. Well, science says, you know, there's two genders. So pick one. Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't want to do that. We want to create our own gender. So it's a very confusing. Right. That's where the revolt of the masses comes from. It's just, you know, it's just, you know, we're, we're not just going to be limited by um, some objective standard. Right. We are going to go full for, you know, subjective and just create things as we go. So what do you guys think as you walk through chapter five? It's working out great, man. Soaring, soaring, <laughs> soaring divorce rates and fatherlessness and ever-increasing crime. Oh. I mean, it's, this is really a winning strategy. I'm, I'm so glad. Um, I don't know, man. I think about that, you know, that snapshot from The Matrix where, uh, you know, follow the white rabbit. Yes. And the idea is you're, you're walking out of the institutional construct. Yep. That's the whole mindset there. Um, and and it, it's, it's this idea that family 
and I think church, just, just normative things in the culture, normative things in society that worked for us for arguably eight to 10,000 years. Now, all of a sudden, in the last very brief period of time, maybe 10 years, maybe 10 to 12 years. It's happened quickly. It's very fast. We've talked about this, but very fast. It's, these now become the enemies to your flourishing. They become the enemies to, to you becoming fully actualized. And, and what, what, what I think we have to own is it doesn't mean that there can't be some reformation of those things, but the wholesale rejection of them is totally different. Right. Right. So like family, are there families that can be abusive? Sure. Um, Have there been abuses within the church or have there been governments that are abusive? The answer is absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So how do we reform those things as opposed to reject those things? Right. Is it the form itself that's bad or is it when one of those doesn't live up to a particular standard of what it's supposed to do? Yeah. And, I, and I think that's what you know we're, we're getting is that they're, the culture is trying to get us to buy into the rejection of all things as opposed to, hey, there's a standard for what family should look like, right? What the father should look like, what the mother should right. look like, what right. Tr- right? That family structure. Um, in fact, I just did a G.K. Chesterton quote on this, right? And it's just like, you know, the, the triangle of truisms, right? Father, mother, and child. You can reject them if you want, right? But no society has ever lasted that has, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, they, they're there. Like this, this is the way that God has designed things to work. Yep. So if you want to reject them, what are you replacing it with? And there's nothing to replace it with. No. And so, in our hubris, we are, we are living in a time, we're raising kids in a time where culture is proactively attempting to redefine all of those constructs. Absolutely. And it is incredibly prideful endeavor. And yeah, because it's all about what their will is. I mean, yeah. I was thinking yeah. about mm. this quote from, it was page 94, 95. It says, where once the world was fixed and therefore I needed to find my place within it, yes. now it's a lack of fixity inclines me to think that the world can actually be shaped by my will. And then he goes on to say, to put it more bluntly, the modern <laughs> cultural imagination sees the world as raw material to be shaped by the human will. That's it. And, and not by any particular human will. But by my human, my will. human will, yeah, right. Yeah. Because because when Tim shapes it by his human will, he doesn't shape it the way I want it. So I got to shape it the way I want it. But then, of course, we go back to that problem <laughs> Tim brought up at the beginning, right? Is that's a rejection of Tim shaping of the human, and that's how right? you start yelling at a hockey player for not wearing a pride exactly. Shirt. That's how you get there. Exactly. If you're wondering, like, how did how does all this interconnect? That's that's how you get which, there. Which, which is yeah, which is crazy, right? We should be celebrating him standing up for whatever he believes in, whatever it is. Whatever, hey, that hey, that's awesome. Whatever it is that you believe in, we celebrate it because we want you to celebrate whatever it is that and we believe in. He's going against the cultural pressures Absolutely. that are trying to shape yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Except, exactly. the <laughs> except the cultural pressures. Except the cultural pressures have won. Oh, that's true. In reinventing that's, the institution. So now, all of a sudden, those institutions that we're trying to reject, if those institutions buy into it, now those institutions in fr- instead yeah. of an oppression yeah. of us. Yeah. Individually, those institutions become an enforcement of us, and we like those institutions. Yeah, and somebody's going to get really mad at me saying this, but that is the fascist story, by the way. It is. Like if you go back and study 1920s Germany, that stuff right there, it's not that, it's not that Hitler blew up Germany and remade it. He took the pieces in place and just carefully recrafted them to point in a really destructive direction. Yep. And before everybody goes, oh, wait a minute, you know, Nazism and what were – well – but but the seed that is the, the same. It's right. the same it's the ideas. ideas. It's the same progression. Right. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. 
it, it's it's the ideas, and and not many people saw it, which is right. which is an interesting thing because right. it was just subtle, a, right? It's it's a reshaping of right the great German idea. Right, you know, we're getting rid of gypsies. We're getting rid of you know the homosexuals. We're getting rid of the Jews. We're getting right all the oh yeah that's oh you know back oh okay well now we you know what else are we going to get rid of and who yeah. else are we going to get rid of and yeah. you know and all well, of a sudden and then what, the church yeah. was the other one actually we're the church guys and I'm the, you're right yeah yep. it does it's not as long to well, get well and I keep circling back to this idea of morality too yeah. like because everyone's calling foul this is right this is wrong this is just that's unjust like. But yet, what are the arbiters yeah. of that? Yeah. And it's constantly fluid and moving. And I just I can't put my finger on it because every time you do, it's like they want to shift it yeah. in other directions. The, yeah, to your the, point earlier, the, it's like the we hypocrisy, keep moving this around. right? The hypocrisy, yes. of us calling out that you know NHL player for for having a morality that's different than our morality, which is the thing we celebrate <laughs> in the minority of people who stand up for their minority views. Well, yeah. and, it, and we, and we elevate second. that. Yeah. And now and he's now the minority guy, the doing minority it. and yeah. he's just dumb. Well, yeah. and you look at it from like a naturalistic <laughs> materialistic <laughs> standpoint who would probably more bent towards the science. than when science refutes that, then we can't follow the science that's right. anymore because it doesn't logically cohere to what I'm trying to espouse. So it's a mess. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it feels like it feels like those Lego sets that your kids accumulate over the Which, years. But I think that's I think that's the point. Like, let's sit in that for a second. Yeah. Why is it a mess? We keep talking yeah. about yeah. human flourishing. We yeah. keep talking about God having a design yeah. for right. things. Right. And when we look at the world and why it's such a mess, right? It's because of the perpetuation of, I mean, sin and all, all of it. It's, mean, it's, it just, it's what makes you look at clearly a man. Standing on a podium with three other female swimmers and going, "That's a female swimmer." That's yeah. it's the, the, it's no, no, and, no. And, no, okay. and nobody in the room going. Okay, what's even what? what's even worse, right? Is when the other female swimmers say, "That's not a female," and then they get shunned. It's like, right. "Hey, you can't even compete anymore." It's like, "Well, yeah. wait, what? No, I actually am a female. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm supposed to be here." Wait, yeah, so, right. so all of a sudden now it's it's got to just be four guys up right. on the podium, right? Right. right, because right. if I complain about it, right, it was is Martina Navratilova, mm-hmm. right, the tennis player who who you know definitely isn't coming from a biblical worldview. No, but when she's out there saying, "Hey, men have a distinct advantage over women in tennis," and so if you let men right say that there are women and begin to play in women's tennis, then all the advancement that women like Martina and others have done for tennis for women. Right would be gone. In, in, now in we've two just seconds. flattened it. Right, yeah. exactly. And and you know the equality concept becomes what? Well, it becomes men are the greatest women tennis players. Yeah. <laughs> it's like which, which men? Well, the men who identify as women. But and now, still, and now women, still men. women's tennis doesn't exist anymore. Exactly. And he, so it's like once I superimpose what's obviously fraudulent. Yep. I've now diluted what it was yep. to this other thing that's. And you've said this several times. It's not even real. And now we go, that's real. Yeah. And if yeah. you reject that, you're anything phobic. You're what you know. Yeah. You're transphobic. You're right, right. Put an ism to it. That's you. It yeah. I've shamed boom, you. Boom. I've cornered you. And off we go. Yeah. Well, and I know we're going to talk about this here in a little bit, but technology has only perpetuated that because the idea yeah. of a man being a woman – Again, go back to yeah. what Carl says earlier. My grandfather would be like, what, what are you, yeah, what what are you talking you, about? Talking but now about? with technology yep. though, no, no, no. We can make that happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we can. We can change some hormones. We can block some, you know, puberty. And this is this is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, well, we, we – it, it's To fine. a point. We, to a point. To a right? point. We, we, can, we can do Can't it. can do that at the chromosomal level. Right. We can, we can <laughs> do yet. it to a point where we pretend long enough 
until it gets to a point where now it's so hard, or now it's so hurtful and harmful that it just explodes in front. Right? Like I'm, I'm you know, we did we did this issue a couple of years ago for our um, you know conference, and I remember watching a video of a little girl who was like 19 when she transitioned from being a girl to a boy. Mm-hmm. Three years later, right, she realizes all the problems that she had. That somebody said, "Hey, you know, you're you're dealing with you know gender dysphoria." Yeah, maybe yeah, right. all the problems were still there. She realized. I'm a woman. I need to embrace the fact that I'm a woman, right? But the problem is I've already had surgery, right? So now I'm a woman that will never have children. I'm a woman who will never be able to live out fully the way that God has designed me to be, right? And so as a 23-year-old, right, she's like, uh, I wish somebody had just said, hey, you might want to hit pause on that for a second. Right. No one hit pause, right? Everybody was like, full steam ahead. Let's go, right? Parents, institutions, right? Doctors, everybody was full steam ahead. Full steam ahead for you changing your body and making massive decisions as a 19 year old. And now we're, you know, who knows what age we're doing it at now, but here's the problem. She's the one suffering the consequences, right? Oh, oh, that didn't work for you. Not too bad for you. There's not much happiness. Exactly. Right. Right? But now, you know, me, I can sit over and say, ah, I guess that didn't work for you. You know, next. Right. And I can just run through people and give them all sorts of bad ideas and false reality and all these different things. And here's the thing. It'll work for a little bit. All in the effort of what's doing or doing what's best for that person. When in reality, it's not. That's not. It's not. Well, and it's, you know, for 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 young parents, especially, I mean, it's it's fear based parenting. It is. That's a lot of it, too. But he talks about this in chapters three and four as well. Uh, And he talks about this idea of the erosion of shame. And the idea that once you can dispose of things being shameful, right. once you can eradicate the idea of the wrongness of what I'm doing, it right. opens the door for you to step into any kind of space you want. Yeah. Because if I no longer feel the constraint or the judgment of society and culture, my family, religious constructs or institutions, if I if I can abandon all of that or I can somehow – convince myself that none of that's real. I think it's more that. Yeah. Then then once it's no longer real or it doesn't affect me, yeah. then all bets are off. So, so the, the, the crazy thing is we used to have a definition for people who didn't feel any shame for what they did. <laughs> right? yeah. we, we call them psychopaths. Right. Right. I could, right. I could act without, um, you know, any, um, right, you know, regard for what I'm doing and how right. it, how it Right, you know, impacted right. other people. Right. And it's like we usually put those people far yeah. away. Yeah, right? society, society is built to ensure you exactly. don't get to do that. Exactly. On a, on, and that's and now once you once you throw that prop out, yep. This is this is what you're left with. Like this this constant regression towards. Yep. I feel like this is an awesome way to live, and I don't know what's wrong with you, but like this this makes all the sense in the world to me. And yep. then look how fast because of technology, like Tim said, look how fast, look how easy it is. To mm. to aggregate, mm-hmm. to populate that idea, yep. and like wildfire, especially younger yeah. with younger people, like wildfire, it becomes normative. Yeah. Well, and then you echo chamber. Totally. So even, even if it doesn't become normative, you only listen to people who think it is. Yep. And, <laughs> and by default, that's what it becomes. Right. And all the all the people who disagree with totally. you, you don't even know they. Yeah, they're anymore. idiots. Yeah. They're idiots. They don't they don't live in my ecosphere. Yeah. So yeah. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. yeah. So we move on to chapter six. He talks about plastic people, liquid world, um, and he's talking about this whole idea of how we. Um, in a sense, create. Um, you mentioned the word Legos earlier, right? And in a sense, we we create our own um, existence, right? Plastic people are those who believe they can make and remake themselves at will. Uh, and then the liquid world becomes, um, he says, to borrow a, car, a phrase from Karl Marx, all that is solid seems continually to melt into air. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, you know, here's who I am. I create my own reality. Um, all things that stand against me or do not agree with me, right, they simply vanish. They, they're like a vapor. They're gone. Uh, and I am left with, um, you know, me celebrating myself, surrounded by those people who agree with me. 
everybody else doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the world in which we create technology, yeah. of course, helps us and reinforces that. Um, I mean, think about this. The, uh, um, you know, uh, what's it called when, when technology basically um, looks at what you're looking at and then reinforces it? It's your um, – Well, your algorithm. Your algorithm, yeah. right? And so what, whatever that is, right, it, it puts in front of you those things which you've demonstrated you want to see. Yeah. For, yeah. for good or for bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so technology is not stupid. It's just like, why waste your time? Yeah. Right. If you want to look at, you know, cooking recipes. Right. Great. Here's here's 40 billion of them. And right. you're like, oh, great. But that's all I see. Right. Right. And so, you know, what he's saying is, and, and you know, this is an amazing concept. If you want to create a false reality, technology really helps you do that and reinforce it. So. Well, I just think it goes back to another way of trying to cover that shame and guilt. And that's what I think is, is fascinating about yeah. this and looking at it, you know, theologically going back after Adam and Eve sinned against God, what they do, they, they ran and they, they, and they hid, right? Yep. And uh, I, I just find it interesting that you, you see the human condition play itself out in this way. I think, you know, that shame and that guilt and, and operating in a way in which you weren't created to operate, you're going to try to find something mm. to, to cover yourself up with. Right. Technology right. makes it easier to do that. But I think also that idea of, you know, community and finding people who accept you and affirm you because you don't want to feel shame and guilt for your choices and and the way you've decided to live your life. I just think it's fascinating, again, because I know the Bible to be true and God to be real, how it just, it makes so much sense when you understand it from that perspective. When we were down in Austin, I was fighting against what they call non-directive sex education, okay? Mm -hmm. So here's, here's how they were trying to propose that you would teach sex education in the public school is you would have groups of students sit around. You'd have a teacher as the facilitator, right, where they're not supposed to bring in right, wrong, good, bad, whatever. They just facilitate discussion. And you would talk about sex and sexuality, right? And the the question that you would ask is basically, well, who can talk about sex? And let's say, you know, we got a bunch of, I got a, you know, sophomore boy, right? Mm -hmm. 10 sophomore boys sitting around a table, right? Let's let's talk about, you know, sex. Who's going to talk about it? Well, here's the deal. The virgin... Doesn't know anything about it because they haven't had it. <laughs> right, right. So, so now you're immediately excluded, right? So the more sex you've had, the more of an expert you are. And all of a sudden you realize who's teaching our kids about sex. It's the people who've had it, right? Now, right. does that mean that they've had it according to God's standard, right? Where you bring in an expert and you say, hey, right. listen, here's how it's supposed to be done and here's what it is. You look at it from the science. and No, it's a bunch of sophomore boys sitting around a room and a teacher is just there to facilitate it. And yeah. I went to those school board hearings and I was just like, okay, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, right? I mean, it's just stupid people teaching other stupid people what they've done it's and everybody getting dumber, yeah. right? But that's the, the world's the concept. The prison, right, that's the world's yeah. concept of... Right. If I can't bring in an objective standard of reality and I don't even want experts, I'm left with personal experience. And all of a sudden that's elevated to the expertise of because I've done it, right or wrong, it doesn't matter. But because I've done it, now I can share it with others. That doesn't really help us at all. Well, if if self is God, like if I'm my own God, then my experience becomes my gospel. Exactly. It becomes my handbook. That's it. And that's so – so now that's that's the only thing I really have to bring to the conversation is what I know. Yep. I think t- I think Tim's point too about the idea of finding affinity based acceptance is huge, super 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 significant. Especially, I think for Gen Z kids that are coming through middle school, high school, and now headed to our college campuses, 
this idea of affinity based acceptance of like who who what tribe can I immerse myself in yep. where they they will accept me on the merits of whatever I am or whoever I am. Mm-hmm. The Lego thing is because like I you know my son loves Legos. He I mean, loves them. Let's put the Lego sets together and all that kind of stuff. When I was a kid, I loved Legos, but I wasn't, I'm not nearly as organized the way he is. So I, I had a Lego bucket yeah. and it was dozens of sets that I poured into a big bucket totally. and I would pour them on the floor and just make stuff. Yep. And I think 21st century self-actualization is that. It's pouring the Legos on the floor from 50 different sets and making some version and holding it up and going, look, look, look at this thing I've created. And if you held up the box of what it's supposed to be, you would say that looks nothing like that. You followed no steps. The pieces don't match. It doesn't. Yeah, but this is what I wanted to create. And the elasticity of life allows this. Is this is the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Because I think it is. Because I it's say like, yeah, so. It's, it's really not. And it's, and, <laughs> but, but now we're living in this irrational world where it's like, you know what? You're right. That's yeah. exactly what that yeah. is. And, and, and that's congratulations. what we're and, and you have to agree with it or yeah. else. Right, which, guys? Okay. Right? Which, which no, is, which is what it is at all. The creativity of a young person to – like pretend something, mm-hmm. right? That's fantastic, right? Totally. This is the Millennium Falcon. You're like, oh, that's that's great, right? Right. But then as they get older and they get more mature, we move from pretend world into real world, right? And we want you to keep that creativity, but then we want you to, well, guess what? This is the real Millennium Falcon, and let's design something that looks like that. Oh, that's great. But yeah. now it's like, no, the, the world of the three-year-old where we pretend becomes the world of the 30-year-old. Yeah. And talk, and talk to employers and business owners oh, yeah. and people yeah. post-COVID in particular exactly. trying to get these kids to come back to work. And yep. it's like, I got to pay $6,000 an hour just to pull them in the parking lot. Yes. Just this whole fantastical world. I mean, not to go too tangential here, but this whole fantastical no, you're, world we've you're, created. You're right on. For younger people. That's yep. like, I got to keep stretching kind of the stretchiness of life. And life is not that elastic eventually. And I think this is some of what he's saying. It's you can only go so far. Right. You know, flexible things break. And so it's just a matter of time where this plastic world you've built, it will eventually crack. It can't handle the pressure of, you know, reality. Right. And eventually it's going to snap. But this is not sustainable. It and, work. and part of the reason that we can live in this stretchy world and just pretend is because there really haven't been significant hardships yeah. that have forced you to deal with reality. Right. Which is why we go back to, you know, what we considered the greatest generation, you know, the World War One, World War Two people right, who lived right. through, you know, some really, really difficult things. It's like, yeah. Welcome to reality, right? You know, we got the you know the Great Depression. Yeah, welcome to reality. Yeah. You and you think it. the pandemic would have taught us that, but I don't. I'm not so sure. Yeah, I'm not so sure. Well, we're really good at deceiving ourselves. Yeah, it's the whole idea of exchanging yeah. truth for a lie. Like we're we're really good at doing that. And that's not to minimize. And by the way, that's not to minimize the people who died, the pain. That's, I'm not talking about that. Right. I'm saying the dude that was no, no. on yeah. on season 39 on Netflix yeah. and just Amazon is just like there was a layer of all of the COVID experience yeah. where it was like, actually things got better. Yeah. I don't have to in your mind. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. And Somebody else like, is paying for this. Like, no, this is great. No, yeah. there's, there's massive fallout from this. Like what you were saying earlier, yep. is there's massive fallout from creating this false world <laughs> where other people subsidize your happiness yeah. that eventually runs out. And you, bec- I think but, become a very depressed person, but does it, <laughs> Does Somewhere, it? man. I know we just refinanced the debt ceiling again yeah, today. So I guess at some point, yeah. at some point it will, right? That's that crash you talked about exactly. earlier. It's, it, it is inevitable. You don't have to believe it, but it is coming at some point. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, I mean, you know, the, the second episode I did on training for manhood at the very beginning, I called Peter Pan, mm. uh, you know, makes, it makes for a, a great story and a terrible husband. <laughs> right, because you know it's it's cool. Like, so hey, I, hey, I never want to grow up. And it's like, ah, oh, that's how, you know, I get it. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But it's like, 
well, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't like you don't really ever want to grow up? It's like, no, I never want to grow up. I never want to be responsible. I never want anybody to tell me what to do. And you're like, ah, okay, okay. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. like, you know, when you get married and you have kids and you have a job, it's like, no, I don't want to do any of that. And like, okay, this now we're just becoming like to the point of like the fairy tale is just, it's not really a fairy tale anymore. Right. It's kind of a nightmare. Right. Like you don't want to grow up. How do you, you know, how do you want to be married to that guy? Who doesn't ever want to grow up? It's like I don't want to be married to that. Might guy. explain why the marriage age has gone up, exactly. the birth rate age has gone up because because young ladies are looking at these guys right who are twenty seven, living in their parents' basement, right? You know, playing video games and say, "Hey, I don't ever want to grow Late up." And they're like, lessons, right?" right. And it's like, if, term for it. if I marry you, I just become your mm-hmm. mom, not your wife. Yeah, I don't want to become your mom, right? Somebody else has got that job, right? So who's going to become your yeah, wife? And, be and, a, magical fairy, and a lot yeah. of a lot of young women are staying in college. Right, getting advanced degrees, getting right? really good jobs, getting really good jobs, going out there and saying, "Hey, I, I, and I want to start a family," which now means I want somebody to give me a kid because I can't have a husband. And so, there's a lot of single ladies out there starting families and just being both the husband and right, right, right. the wife, hmm. yeah. right, being the mom and the dad. Yep. And there's a lot of guys missing out on this. Well, and you know, someone who had the privilege of overseeing our, our marriage prep ministry at the church, you know, time and time again. I mean, there, there's a there's a term for it. I said delayed adolescence. That's not. It's prolonged <laughs> adolescence. So I have to make sure I get that yeah. right. Well, that's a real thing. Yeah, you know, it is. It's, it's a real thing. And I mean, I'm not going to go on to say it's a pandemic. It's a loaded term these days. But mm. you know, it's 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 a reality that you know these these lack of responsibility, just want to be a boy, and and all these kinds of things. It's it's a real thing in our culture. It's yeah, killing it's, our men. Yeah, it is. And I think it's, I think too, I know the three of us feel strongly about this. I think that a clock is ticking culturally on mm-hmm. this. Right. And, and the idea that this is just a forever, I can just keep, that this is, this is forever sustainable, I think is really, 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 really deep fallacy. And, you know, I know there, there's guys preaching about this. There's guys writing, guys like Truman are writing about this. But I think it's also incumbent upon, like, if you're a young guy listening to this, it's incumbent upon you now. Like, start thinking about the implications of this. And don't be don't be afraid to say, man, you know what? Responsibility, that's, that's my friend, not my enemy. Right. You know, accountability, right. accountability, that's a resource God's given me, not something that I, I have to run from or, like we said, that I have to, that I have to pretend or yeah. – push away. Like these are these are gifts the Lord's given you. Yep. And when you see them redemptively the way he's created them, you step into something that actually is going to be the pathway to the very thing you say you want, which is, man, I want to be fulfilled. I want to be happy. I want to have a life that is enviable. Well, that's out there for you. Yep. But there's a hustle factor here that's involved. And you actually will become this really rare phenomenon in your circle of friends if you'll be the guy that, like, I don't know, goes to bed at a regular time, wakes yep. up, yep. gets a job. Yep. Like, things that our grandfathers would have had to have done to survive. But we don't have to. We don't have to now. But if we do, we'll, we'll definitely be an anomaly. The last part, I'm glad you said there, there is a clock ticking, right? He writes this in, in Chapter 6. He says, modern American society is fragmenting. Yeah. Right? So at some point, this this – thing is going to stretch too far. It's going to break, right? He says it is fragmenting because the imagined communities to which people choose to belong lack any shared narrative, mm-hmm. right? Again, you know, Tim's world, different than Jonathan's world, different than Dan's world, right? At, at some point, we can't have all three that exist at the same time, right? And he says, therefore, the terms of recognition that one group wishes to see American society adopt are often antithetical to those of the other. And that's what we're beginning to see, right? It's it's the NHL player who says, Wait, wait a second. Um, this is what I believe. Let's celebrate what I believe. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. we can't. We can't celebrate your beliefs. We have to celebrate 
our beliefs. Oh, okay, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> which beliefs are we celebrating, right? And who defines which beliefs that do we celebrate, right? And that's when all of a sudden, and, and yeah, you're not even that thing. You're not even of that tribe, but because of a hyper focus on inclusion, because yep. the idea is one day I might want you to elevate something. So let's elevate everything except you, because I don't want to be left out when the inclusion army marches past me. Mm. Right, and it's really, really deeply prideful. It's really scary how, how, how narcissistic this really is. Right. But if we don't celebrate the NHL guy over here who's doing – I mean, right? Who knows who's going to be in the majority five years from when now? When it goes back to now. like if your truth is your truth yep. and my truth is my That's truth right. and if my That's truth right. says your truth is a lie, what do we do? Yeah. And we're too scared to punch it out anymore. That's so. right. That's right. <laughs> like that's not an option. We can't just go fight about it anymore. That's what our grandfathers would have done. Like that's – we've jettisoned that. But, well, so. but, but, but they did just on a national scale. They did. Right? I mean I, I'm telling you when, 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 when Hitler was marching through Europe. Yeah, he talks about this. Yeah. When Hitler's marching through Europe, right? What, what did we say? Hey, that's your truth? <laughs> no. It's yeah. A, it's no, not he our talks truth, about that like right? you and, offend my nation, right. you offend me. And, yeah. And, and, it, and it could have been. We could have just – Right, allowed them to go through. But here's the deal, right? I mean, Churchill is going, uh, hello, <laughs> wake up, because here's the deal. He's not just coming for my neighborhood next. He's coming for yours. Yeah, yeah. He wants right? to run the world. Exactly. Yeah. So they're, they're in, right? Bad ideas simply don't know where to stop. So anyway, it's, uh, it's great. There's chapter five and six for us. The last one is going to be seven, eight, and nine. A lot to digest, but get ready for it next time. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.